one message for you took from your aunt. Uh-huh. She will bust both of you in the head. You know who me? It's not rocket science, you know. I think you, like me, um, have a face for radio. You know who me? If we don't play with the players we got. That's why it sucks. I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to you. This kind of unprofessionalism does not need to be tolerated. And I mean it. Like, you know who me? You know who me? You know who me? You know who me? What the hell is going on here? Let's all hang up. Another episode of the BS Podcast. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. There's all kinds of noise in my ear now. Oh, jeez. Uh, we need a little bit more professionalism. Welcome back to another episode of the BS Podcast. It is I, <coughs> your host, the cute dog. One of the Moran brothers and the other tandem would be Josh Moran. He is in the BS studio along with Wild Bill, the man, the myth, the legend, and his Bama bullet points. Gentlemen, here we hey. go. We have to add computer whiz to his list of uh, attributes. Not only is he a pretty face, but he's also a technical genius. genius. Lowercase computer god. Lowercase G. Hey, him, when, Bi- when Biden said learn to code, this man did. Yep. Yep. He learned it. And he codes about as well as Biden. Okay. <laughs> let's talk a little bit about. Football, basketball, we know it's that weird time of the year where we're in between the playoffs, but there are other sports going on. There's plenty to talk about. First and foremost, we want to talk about Coach Mike Leach, who has been reported in critical condition in the hospital. And uh, reports are that he had an issue with pneumonia. They thought he was over it. And come Saturday evening or, or early Sunday morning, um, he had to be airlifted to the hospital. There's been no update all day. The, the family's keeping it close to the vest. But uh, there is a chance that Coach Mike Leach for the Mississippi State Bulldogs um, may not make it. The, the word is he's had a massive heart attack, and then you put uh, <coughs> pneumonia on top of that. It's just really, really uh, a sad situation. Any, anything you want to put in there, uh, Uncle Bill? Uh, no, not really. Cindy had read one article, but, uh, that somebody had posted, but I talked with the uh, guy that I work with. He's, he retired from Mississippi state as a professor. He's a season ticket holder. And they got an email from the president of the university last night and said that they would be updating him, but not to believe any reports that was coming out until they heard something direct uh, from him. But this one report that she read a little bit uh, ago said that uh, it's something to do also about his brain and they have him on life support, but they supposedly are going to take him off of life support and they had called the family in. When was that? Sometime this afternoon. We don't know. Well, no, I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah, the reports are as he was at practice. Um, he was at practice on Saturday, but they have called his family in. They they are 
on the way, and uh, or they're here by now. And sadly, I mean, you know, they've had to they've had to appoint an interim head coach, so it it looks pretty grim. So by the time you hear this podcast, uh, there may be a definitive answer um, for Coach Mike Leach. Uh, he's just sixty one years old, so very very young, and. Um, my prayers have already gone out for him, obviously, for him and the family. So if you are a man or woman of faith, please pray for the family, If uh, no matter what it looks like. Right. Um, for, you know, healing and recovery, uh, you know, to the wounded hearts of his family members and his players and the entire Mississippi State organization. So a really, really difficult time. Um, I know all of us on this particular show have been through some pretty serious health scares and uh you know it's it's one thing for what it does to you as a man but uh kind of the ripple effect that it has on your family uh something that's outside of your control it's really hard to deal with so if in fact what we're hearing is true and that he may be on life support uh, he may have an issue with his brain had a massive heart attack and uh, dealing with you know the respiratory issues, man, I got to tell you, it's uh, it's really, really difficult. So with that being said, we'll do our best to uh, kind of move on to the next phase of the podcast. But want to make sure, you know, he's a, a polarizing figure for all the right reasons, just really comedic. And uh, you always look forward to what he's going to say, both on the field and in his press conference. Um, I guess before we move on, one of the funniest things that he said this year is that uh, he related – evolution like the the theory the theory of evolution and you know what happens to mammals when they don't use certain parts of their bodies so he was worried about uh the young man he was coaching that uh in you know fast forward 25 to 50 years that uh they had not used their hands so they may evolve without hands <laughs> speaking of his wide receiver so um, I don't know if anybody else has a, a funny Mike Leach moment they want to share from his marriage advice to, you know, guys would rather yeah. mess around with their girlfriends, etc. That was that's the best one, his marriage advice. That yeah, is that was. eating Skittles. You love Skittles. Any uh, Anything that stands out to you, Josh, before we move on to the next uh, phase of the podcast? Uh, I mean, I hate it for the family. But I'm not one of these people that gets all bent out of shape when celebrities get <laughs> sick because, like, uh, the only one that really hit me was Kobe Bryant. I think I cried a little bit when that happened. But uh, as far as if it was one of us with the heart problem, uh, nobody would know about it except for the family. So, like I said, thoughts go out to them. Hopefully it's, you know, he makes it through it. You know, but, just just commenting on that Kobe Bryant situation. Um, man, I shouldn't have brought it up. I don't want to relive those. <laughs> it's so it's so odd because I was sitting, uh, you know, at like a brunch with my wife. We had got out for some hockey. It was the next day, and uh, you know, I look up at the TV. And it's like the news about Kobe Bryant passing away and the helicopter crash. It was so surreal. Because you don't realize the impact that these uh, major athletes or celebrities, you don't realize the impact they have on society or your life, for that matter, until their untimely passing. 
and it was it just seemed to be a fog like it just was not real and I can only imagine that's what the family and the team are going through with Mike Leach you know right now the you know the entire organization so it, <coughs> it's it, things that you don't see coming uh type deal with uh yeah. so for him I to think be at when, practice when Kobe, when Kobe went that changed the that swung the pendulum of the world I think it really really did yeah it was it, such an odd such an odd situation and uh you know you tend to think especially these great athletes etc is is being invincible just because everything that they do or the day-to-day life you kind of take things for granted whether you know in even in your own life but when things like this happen it really seems to rock the foundation of whatever particular world it's a part of so it's very very interesting i thought it, it is interesting you bring up kobe because man i I got to tell you, I hadn't been following basketball for a long time, but there was still something about Kobe Bryant and, you know, and him being one of the greatest, if not the greatest in our era, our lifetime of basketball. So really, really interesting. And, you know, uh, Coach Mike Leach, although, <coughs> you know, wins in, he, he doesn't have a bunch of championships or championships under his belt, he is still very entertaining very solid coach and uh developed a very prolific offense um throughout his years as a coach in college football so what well, uh, like i said hey quincy i just have one question since you to either you or josh uh y'all were living out there when it happened was it ever recommended to the the pilot of the helicopter by kobe or anybody at the airport or anything that you don't need to fly today where you're headed because of the weather. No, I don't think so. I think they actually sued that company too. Well, his wife did. Yeah, she won too. Yeah. His wife did, but I, I thought, you know, and it's all hearsay because you're just, you get the rumblings of what's going around. I thought that they were encouraged. Josh, your, your microphone is just killing us here. I thought they were encouraged not to fly that day, um, but I, but I'd have to go back. I'd have to go back and just take some time to think about um, everything that came out. I know there was a there was a bunch of disgust, you know, that had to do with them flying at that particular time because there was really no visibility, right? And albeit they just flew into a mountain, you know, just yeah. gone, and so, you know, typically. Typically, you've got to you have to be cleared. There has to be clear for takeoff, even in, even in a helicopter. You've got you have to have some kind of a clearing. Um, so I don't I don't know the details about that. I know there was just it was very somber in the state of California for quite some time. And I mean, you you talk about whether it's work, the store, wherever you go, um, you know, just kind of tip your head to somebody and you just say Kobe's name and you know right away. It's like wow the state of California lost a family member, the entire state. It was really, it was really um, sobering just, you know, to think about life and the way that, uh, and how fragile it is when even, you know, the best among us can pass away tragically and his daughter. Right. I yeah. Mean, well, say like crazy, like being, I should have not brought up this tragedy. Now this, well, I, now this, podcast, this podcast sounds like we're going dark no, no, because I've always wondered, was there so much pressure for his daughter and the other girl 
to play in this tournament, maybe, maybe they, you know, just knowing Kobe from being a Lakers fan and being here in Alabama, did he put, did he say, hey, we go into this tournament. There's no if, ands, or but. We go what if make- Kobe says, what if Kobe was like, screw it, this fly. Well, see, that's what I'm saying. Was anything ever out in California brought out along that line that, you know, maybe there was hesitant on the pilot, but Kobe being the, the celebrity insisted on them going. Maybe. You know, I don't I don't have any um I don't have any information relative to that that came out. And nothing that I could even um you know prove beyond the yeah. beyond a reasonable doubt. Well I guess nobody um, could now, you know. Nobody could ever say yes or no, whatever. So anyway, well, I, okay. I, I just wonder um you know some of the some of the outlets report that there was no there was no black box um, on the helicopter, so that's something that we would have to research a little bit more. Who issued that? To find out, because had there if there was no if there was no black box, and they really don't have any um, any idea of what exactly took place on the on the helicopter, I guess it would all come from assumption. Yeah. Kobe don't be- fly with no black box. He is the black box. He usually lives through these things. And then when they find them, they find everything else. Man. All right. The, the um, Mississippi State University has issued a statement out said, no. said that what you're hearing, seeing, and all is a lot of false information. Not to believe the. But he is in critical condition. But he, other than he is in critical condition, but a lot of false information is being put out. Yeah, that's and that's the only thing that I could that I could solidify. And, uh, you know, I was just reviewing some of the information from the Paul Feinbaum show and he has, you know, sources close to Mississippi State um, on the program. And that is that's the limit of what they could uh, identify as being true, is that he's in critical condition and that the family was requested. And and above and beyond that, like I said earlier in the program, the, the family is keeping everything very close to the vest and they're the ones who are going to decide what information comes out so um if anything happens during this particular part which we're not a live show but if anything happens we'll report on that as the information comes in but really only we're, we're live we're right now we are live right now so with that being said let's uh we'll say that's the coin toss going into the uh first quarter here josh what are your thoughts on this matchup um with alabama and kansas state uh since we weren't able to get you on the program last week due to a scheduling conflict what are your thoughts here because uh, we had a pretty good discussion last week what do you think 10 and 2 alabama uh against 10 and 3 whoa real quick real quick we don't get a new year's day game we play on new year's eve at 11 o'clock in the morning for the Sugar Bowl, can we be jaded or jilted any <laughs> any more than that? I don't uh, – yeah, but the playoffs are that day too, though. So, I mean, we got we get to watch our game, and then we get to watch those other two teams get obliterated. Uh, so, hopefully, we – hopefully our guys show up. Has anybody heard of Bryce Young is playing or 
So I'm looking deeply into that. Before that, uh, breaking news, um, crypto CEO Sam Bankman fried, freed, fried, arrested in the Bahamas. So he's uh, he's been captured. No, he didn't. He got arrested. So he hopefully, well, he's probably going to get Epstein in prison. But uh, on beyond, no, that, he just now declined to go uh, talk to Congress. Where'd you get that from? Uh, just just had a Fox News alert on the old telephone, and uh, so with that being said, I there there is to date, and I mean it's it's the twelfth, so there's plenty of time left. To date, there is no announcement what's going on with Bryce Young. I gotta Will tell Anderson. you, I've been seeing some things and former players calling him out on Twitter saying he should stay. For his senior year, because he needs to have a championship like all his predecessors, and I can't—I gotta say, it might be better for him to stay another year and uh, have a better coordinator and give it another you know, shot. Maybe that's you know, why he's not coming out and saying anything. He's already a millionaire; like he doesn't you know, have uh, to have the NFL's money right now. He's—he's he's in commercials all the time. He's got that is actually too. a great point. That's maybe a that's why point. he's keeping quiet. Well. There's two strategies to keeping quiet, but that echoes – those former players must listen to this podcast because they are echoing what I said, which is <laughs> come back. Also, maybe he's looking at the top of the NFL and he's like, hmm, no, I don't want to go to any of them teams. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's doing a, a Eli Manning. Well, I let's mean, see the, you, draft, the draft order right here. Let's see. Here. Here's, the, here's the difficulty for me while you look up the draft order, Josh. The difficulty for me here is – there's no news about offensive and defensive coordinators. And just, you know, one of the things that fans, all kinds of fans, including this particular podcast, is talking about is how we need a change at the coordinator position. But nothing has happened. And, I mean, we're far enough along here where it, it deals with recruiting that you should have a plan or at least some kind of discussion – Something needs to happen with the coordinators is what I'm trying to say. Why is nothing happening? I don't know, but real quick, yeah, that's pissing me off too because uh, they should have already got ousted. So that leads me to believe maybe he's not going to make a change because why do we not – you have a month to prepare. That's long enough to get somebody in there and, like, lay the groundwork for something. However, uh, the draft order is – Houston's first. Number one, Houston. And then you got Denver, Chicago. They have their quarterbacks. They're not drafting any – quarterback you got the rams they're not drafting a quarterback and then you got new orleans so maybe he doesn't like that he comes back well, but he's not gonna be the first quarterback to go who will be uh, caleb, Willi- caleb williams is a sophomore i think yeah well he can go no he's got another year i think well now he'll, be back. he'll be back uh, we can definitely talk about that Heisman Trophy. He can do C.J. Stroud. It's not over Bryce, I don't think, man. I think they got him going as the first quarterback. Yeah, get get that. You have Ohio State's what quarterback and their top wide receiver. They out. They outify G. They gone. So one guy might be jumping, what, to the NFL draft, and the other guy is, is – Put himself Bri- in the transfer portal. No, don't Bryce Young. Hey, Bryce Young is number one. Don't on the, get Stetson uh, Bennett, the old man. 
Nah, most of them. Stetson Bennett. Yep. Hendon Hooker will be there. Uh, yeah. It's uh, be Bryce, a pretty thick Bryce draft. Young. Y'all listen, Bryce Young is number one on everybody's board. So maybe he don't want to go to Houston, guys. Houston sucks. Well, so the other the other uh, line of thinking is they're not announcing anything because they don't want K State to be able to prepare for what Alabama's potentially going to do. Um, but he doesn't strike said, me as the guy to sit out of a game, though. So, well, well from what everything that I've seen on Will is he's planning on playing. I don't know why they wouldn't. So, yeah, I mean, in my opinion, based on the season we've had, they need they need some kind of finality, some shining moment to go out and really solidify their place in the in the draft. Um, and they, you know, Bryce has had a had a a pretty decent season. It's uh, I don't know how it compares to his uh, Heisman season, but with Alabama, one of the key indicators to me, like Josh is talking about, the the just avalanche of players going into the portal tells me that those offensive linemen, especially those guys. They're seeing that we are not going to make changes at the coordinator position, or they're not getting the idea that's going to happen. So they're out. They're leaving. And I don't, I don't I could, know why we would not be making some sort of change at the very minimum at offensive coordinator. I am. I have, I have Bryce Young's stats. Okay, what you got? His Heisman year, he threw for forty-eight hundred and seventy-two yards, forty-seven touchdowns, seven interceptions. This year, 3,007 yards, 27 touchdowns, and five interceptions. Thank you, Bill Bryan. Bill Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. Okay. So, I mean. That's what he did to Bryce. There's a lot of people that talk about, you know, in in, in the profession, like the professional analysts that talk about the greatness of Bryce Young and how he carried Alabama. That's true. But when you have nearly. It's not 2,000, but like an 1,800-yard passing difference season over season. Who knows what he's going to do? I anticipate him. I don't I don't know for sure if he's going to play or not, but I anticipate him going in the draft. I actually think it might be a good idea if he wants a championship to come back, but I don't see the use in him coming back if Bill O'Brien is still on the Alabama coaching staff. Yeah, and Nick Saban usually tells guys if you're that talk, that you know, you're that high of a draft pick, well, what are you coming back for? But yeah, he doesn't have the final say, though. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, and uh, Caleb, I just checked. Caleb Williams has one more year. Does he? Yeah. And, I mean, he can he, – he's not Mr. Invincible. I'm not even sure. So, he, he can paint his a, fingernails yeah. all he wants. I'm not even what sure a, if he should have won what a prick. the Heisman Trophy. I mean, uh, I don't know what his body of work was, you know, relative to – How would he play in his biggest game? And the, the competition. His fingernails know, messed him up. <laughs> fingernails. Yeah, he, that's a pretty crappy thing to do to put that. I mean, like, yeah. just talk crap to somebody's face. You don't have to paint your but, nails. But, you know, you, you're talking about Bryce. He didn't have a Mechie or Jameson Williams to help him. Not. Man, he sure didn't. He sure did that, not. Therein lies the problem. And the problem is this. It is a severe lack of player development. I heard a report earlier today that that top uh, recruiting class from 2021, we have five players on the team making contributions from that top class. Yeah. Are you kidding me? 
Uncle Bill, are you kidding me? Should there be five players out of that class making an impact on the football team? Um, what do you think that uh, comes from? Playing time and money. Lack of playing time and money. You know, you the coaches, I do, they put the work in to develop them. But some of them, just like, you know, I've read some stuff on holding. You know, he started pouting. You know, so he's not practicing because he's pouting. So you think Coach Saban's going to deal with, you know, put up with that kind of stuff? You, you know, maybe, I don't know, but these players are coming out and they're pretty ticked off. <laughs> may, may, players. Maybe you should catch the passes that are thrown to you and quit pouting. And make well, he just he just he just signed with Oregon, didn't he? Yeah, boy, that's that's bright. Yeah, well, have fun up there, buddy. Because Oregon, boy, how many wide receivers is Oregon putting the NFL? I don't. know. That's a good question. Because now that you th- <laughs> say that, I, they got some running backs and quarterbacks. Well, the the reality is is that if you are at the University of Alabama and you do your job, you will play. Right. And I can't tell you how many drop passes he had because I'm, I'm not a better host. I'm not as good of a host as I should be, but that guy did nothing but drop passes all season. And it was in some pretty key moments where he had the ability to come through. He was targeted by Bryce um, or by Milrow, and he did not produce. And there's Well, earlier in the season, that. he was actually getting the ball. He seemed like he was a number one receiver. Yeah when they first started the season and then he just flamed out. So, um, started there was dropping, a defensive back. Did you see that defensive back? We got that 2025 yes. guy. Yeah. He said that, uh, he doesn't know why they're all dropping in the portal. I guess some people don't like competition. That's what he said. <laughs> I like this guy already. Yep. Um, if we look forward to this K state game, you, you may be surprised at the matchup. Uh, Alabama and Kansas State, wh- what they kind of look like. And I right now give the edge to Kansas State, and I'll tell you why in a minute. Points per game, Alabama looks to be 40.8, while K-State sits at 33.2. Yards per game, you're looking at 475 to 420. Uh, opponents' points per game, 18, Bama, 20, K-State. Then um, opponents' yards per game, 311 from Alabama, and it looks like K-State gives up 365. Now, here's here's the troubling, uh, the troubling piece. Turnovers. Alabama, 16. K-State, 9. Penalties. Alabama, 98. K-State, 68. Penalty yards. Alabama has nearly 850 penalty yards, while K- K-State sitting at 561. So, I mean, if they're pretty close to even. I know they're about a touchdown that separates them when it comes to scoring. But the great neutralizer or equalizer in this case can truly be the lack of discipline and the penalties because you can leave points on the field. You know what I'm saying, Uncle Bill? So what do you think about, the, what do you think about that matchup with 10-2 and two Alabama and 10-3 and three K-State? That I mean, this is their season. 
Kansas State, this is the game they're playing Alabama, the Blue Blood. We want to go in there and we want to kick their rear ends. And I say they come in with the same mindset that Utah had a few years back. Absolutely. Alabama's not excited. They're they're down. You know, hey, we didn't go to the playoffs, so who cares? But uh, we're going to find out. But K-State, I mean, you know what I saw against TCU? They're, They're tough. Yeah, I'd say uh, Utah actually played like that against USC a few weeks ago. Absolutely. And, you know, Josh, <laughs> we've Same definitely, coach. Like, like Uncle Bill was saying, Josh, we've seen this this story before, and it's not just Utah, but it's also Oklahoma. Yeah. Maybe this, will, maybe this will be uh, a Michigan State 53 to nothing win like we had. Remember, y'all remember that? Yeah. I do. And Down here, go. come out, and just, ah, just annihilate them. And Coach Saban actually um, pumped the brakes on the scoring because I think he could have had his he could have scored as many points as he wanted to that particular year. But the the thing that concerns me is maybe we're slightly more talented, you know, from a skill perspective. But as far as offensive and defensive line, interior guys, I'm talking, um, we're not nearly as talented. Just as far as the product on the field, and we're not mentally tough like we were in that particular Michigan State year. So when it when I look at it, like you say, Uncle Bill, this means everything to Kansas State. And what is it going to mean to our Alabama, whoever we put on the field, if there is no Bryce, there is no Will, um, what is our defense? What is it going to look like? Does Toto, he better play. He needs, he needs a great game. Uh, Jordan Battle, who knows what's going to happen with him. So – I said originally it would be Alabama's B team against Kansas State. I'm not even sure we're going to be able to put the B team together because we have so many players in the portal. Um, I think at the at the time of the last report, it said 11 Alabama players. It's going to be like this every year. When, when do they officially start practice? Um, let's, that's a good question. Let's see if Josh can look that up for us. Um, for the bowl game? Yes. I'm looking right now. Because the I, want 20, to I know the 21st is signing day. Wednesday week is signing day. Looking. And I, I do know this, that uh, last count, Alabama was actually up to 13 players. Um, so... Oh. You know, a large part of that, offensive linemen. Um, so we, I mean, really, if you think about this, uh, we're not just losing, we're not just losing second string guys or third string guys. We're losing some pretty decent guys. You know, and, and then there's guys who are just not acting right. You know what I mean? There are guys that, uh, right. that, uh, what, Jackson, that guy was suspended, you know, so he he didn't really even deserve uh, his playing time because he's not earning it. But with the amount of offensive linemen that that we have transferring, uh, two wide receivers, um, I don't know know, uh, who else or how many other, you know, particular positions there are because Google is failing me right now. 
um, or I'm failing. I'm not seeing any. Training. I'm not seeing anything about when they start practice. I am seeing, however, some freshmen just entered the transfer portal. A uh, a big recruit, wide receiver Aaron Anderson from last year. What? So Aaron Why, Anderson, see, another. That's, that's what I don't. He got hurt. Well, he must have got butt hurt too, so he gone. <laughs> but I gotta tell you, this is gonna happen every year. So what Saban needs to do is just play the game, and uh, it is what it is. I believe Anderson's from Texas, is he not? Uh, let me check. What was his name again? I just Aaron I Anderson. <laughs> I moved on. Say he got hurt in August. He yeah, he's hurt. from New Orleans. New Orleans. He got hurt in fall practice. And Man, he... get out of here, you Louisianian. Well, but that goes back to you don't want to put the work in to try to earn your spot. Nope. Yeah. You forget that you, are... you forget that everybody on that team is is as good as you are, if not better. So if you're gonna play, you gotta put the work in. This just in something I didn't see. Wide receiver JoJo Earl. Yeah. Sophomore, twenty two. Oh yeah, he gone. He gone. He's gone. And uh he, he had a very, very, you know, huge lack of production. So offensive tackle Amari Kite. Offensive lineman Tommy Brockmeyer. Guard, uh Javian Cohen. Um receiver Treshawn Holden, which we've already talked about. Center, Tanner Bowles, Tanner Bowles. He went to Kentucky. Receiver Christian Leary, he's gone. Offensive lineman Damian George Jr., he's gone. Defensive lineman Braylon Ingram, he's gone. Punter, which we know he's he, – Jack Martin's gone. Running back Trey Sanders, uh, he's gone. Cornerback Kyrie Jackson, he has an attitude issue, he's gone. So those are the players that right now sit in the transfer portal. I think pretty much if, they, if, if they're not in by now, um, they're probably not going to go unless something tremendous takes place. Uh, but I still do not understand why there's no word and why there's no change um, at any of the coordinator positions that I'm aware of. So that, that to me, definitely might speak volumes why you have a lot of these guys jumping ship because they are just thoroughly frustrated with the scheme and they don't see, you know, their self fitting into this particular How the hell team. can these knuckleheads figure this out and Saban hasn't yet? They, they they hadn't figured it out. The boys hadn't figured uh, it out. I'm talking about us. Yeah, but... We, even we can tell that they're leaving because of Bill O'Brien. Well, I... Maybe needs to get rid of his ass. Yeah, get him out of here. Well, I mean, um, I agree, but... I'll tell you what we should do. I, t- I got it. I got it. Somebody find somewhere some picture of him... As blackface in Halloween or something uh, in the past, or some, I don't know, some message in a yearbook that says fag or gay. And then we'll put it on Twitter and we'll cancel him. Great. You just put off his podcast. <laughs> All we got to do nice. is find him with a blackface and he's done. Here's a, well, here's a, not trolling, if he's a damn. This is a really, well, like, if he's like Justin Trudeau, he'll just stay in power, you know? 
The, here's a troubling article from uh, really late in November. The coaching carousel is already cranking into full gear, and Alabama's offensive coordinator's name is popping up. Bill O'Brien, in his second season with the Crimson Tide, was in deep conversations with Georgia Tech, according to Jeff Schultz, the athletic. The interest is That was a while Schultz back, though. I know. The new athletic director, Jay Bat, made his first big-time hire, and he hired the uh, one of the coaches already there, Willie Fritz. Uh, actually, he hired Willie Fritz of Tulane. So, with, with that, there is nothing new, no new information that Google can find since November the 27th on Bill O'Brien. So, that tells me we are not making a change at OC he's, or DC. He's going I'm going to tell you what, if he's back next year, I'm not a Bama fan anymore. He's going to, I quit. He's going to the NFL, and they can't do nothing until after the NFL season. Man, goes. I can't wait. Just get out of here. Hey, Quincy, Let real quick, uh, yeah. I just saw something. Uh, for the first time in a long time, I agree with Howard Stern on something. He says, uh, Mary and Megan act like whiny little biatches during the new Netflix series. <laughs> ah, that's great. We already yeah. knew that. They're, they're so I love the, these two people are so annoying. They're like, we want our privacy, yet they go on every show they can yeah. get. It's like, nobody cares. You, you're, what is the royal family anyway? We whooped y'all's ass in a war to get away from you. We don't care. Yeah, or I don't. Our 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 uh, ancestors were farmers, and they kicked the crap out of you. Now, get away from me, this royal family stuff. The only the only monarchy I put any uh, uh, any like. I don't know. I give any kind of credibility as a metaphorical monarchy, which is the King of Kings, Jesus Christ. Other than that, any, any ah, William Wallace, dude. Yeah. William Wallace was not a king. Well, whatever. He's a lord or something. He had people. He was. He was a knight. They knighted he was probably, him. He was probably like the equivalent of a governor. He was probably more than a governor, um, with the way that he ran people. But you know, I just I don't know why. I don't know. It's just a face, I guess. The the people over there in the UK, the Redcoats, they love their monarchy. But uh, while it's neat and it's interesting, it's not for me. Yeah, and let's be honest about it. It's a bunch of damn inbreds because they, their family tree doesn't branch out. I mean, come on. Like back in the day, sisters, brothers used to to keep the bloodline as pure as possible. You think that ended? Heck no. Look at Harry, dude. He looks like he looks like he would be. He'll have eyes, sort of. He's he just got his eyes and stuff, but close to it, like for real. Is that the Prince Charles? Have you seen his the... hands? They're all like hot dogs. <laughs> have you seen them? No. There's uh, a picture of his uh, hands. Anyway, like let's talk about like, Alabama basketball. Like, yeah, that's because y'all are incestual losers. All right, let's jump on into the second quarter here. Let's talk a little bit of Alabama basketball. Alabama plays Houston. Man. At the the beginning of the game, uh, Houston was the number one team in the country. And the night ended with a defeat by the Alabama Crimson Tide. Josh, tell me uh, what you think about Coach Nate Oates and the Crimson Tide and their ability to perform under pressure and beat another number one team this 2022 season. Uh, it, I can tell that he got rid of all of the uh, lazy players from last year, and this is the first time he's got a whole team he recruited, 
and uh, they got rid of all the all the crap. Because I'm gonna tell you what, this freshman class is playing great. We just won a game with our best player, probably maybe the best player in the country. Didn't even make a field goal. He had eight free throws. Like we were down 15 on the road. They played defense. They didn't give up, and that's the difference this year. Is they played defense. Like the like two years ago when we made that run in the NCAA tournament. So uh, Nate Oates is great. I love his style of basketball, but I, uh, they let, they need to learn to play half court some too, which they look a little better at half court this year than in years past. So if they can do both, if they can play a bunch of different styles like it looks like they can, hey, I might be crying at a championship. <laughs> Uncle Bill, I uh, I sent a text out in the group chat in the Alabama the BS podcast group chat the other day that the freshmen accounted for 42 points and 25 rebounds. Dude, they're legit. Against Houston. That is, that is extremely impressive. Yeah. Dude, R- Rylan Griffin's good, but, uh, uh, Jaden Bradley. Oh my goodness. Clowny. Can, uh, that dude clowny. Wow. These dudes freaking attack the rim and get garbage points, offensive rebounds that they never stop. They're like constantly freaking energizer bunnies running around everywhere. And uh, it's going to be hard to beat them. That's all I got to say. But we got Memphis tomorrow, and we got Gonzaga at home on Saturday. It don't get no easier. Are they so, playing? I, are we playing them in Birmingham? Uh, maybe it's Birmingham. They're not playing in uh, T-Town? Gonzaga. Well, I'll tell you um... – What's really, really impressive about this particular team, I know they had that little hiccup, um, you know, with their first loss of the year, but, man, you, you've really got to – you really have to admire um, kind of the grit and the way this particular team uh, plays on the court. I, they, they're – with saying that they're freshmen, sco- accounted for 42 points and 25 rebounds, I mean, I don't – I haven't been following Alabama basketball, you know, for quite some time, not nearly as deeply as uh, the both of you. But, man, I got to tell you, um, I don't know if I've ever heard of a team doing that, you know, coming up. Well, it's 1960. Yeah. So that tells you that tells you right there that uh, this this team has got something special. And and now talk to me, Uncle Bill, about uh, how does it work? Real quick, Sam Newton. It's a Sam Newton Classic. They're playing in Birmingham. Uh, I thought it was. Yeah. Tomorrow night, so that'll be the... Yeah. Memphis just beat Auburn, so. But but see, there again, a lot of the students have already gone home. That's the only bad thing about it. Can't Somebody get will feel crazy kids in there screaming and hollering, carrying <laughs> Um, they're 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 strong. They have. Uh, because if you've watched it, any they talk about the length of Alabama. It's we got a lot so of many it. guys at six eight, six nine, six ten, and uh, Brandon Miller, like he's six nine. Um, he had an off game. That's his second straight game. But but uh, the player, the teammates, and and Nate Oates has talked about. He doesn't get down just because he's not making his shot. He still plays defense. He still does little things, uh, even if he's having an off night shooting. And uh, uh, Nate Oates, he's he, he's concerned about the game tomorrow night, he said, because last year 
they beat us when memphis beat us he said that was the start of the downfall uh, I think this team's so different, though. And, uh, um, but uh, turnovers is still they they got to cut down on their turnovers. Um, and and the one thing that just drives me nuts is they'll still they'll have three or four turnovers every game just trying to inbound the ball. <laughs> it, it just hey, drives. And they, but this year at least they're still in three or four inbounds. But it drives me absolutely nuts that you can't inbound the basketball. And uh, but hey, they're they're these guys they're playing above being a freshman. That's what I like to see. uh, And and the uh, chemistry they're building together, they're starting to really get chemistry. Like uh, you can tell because they're starting to use Bediaco more on these pick and rolls. I don't know why they don't do more of that. We have monsters out there. And when they throw it up at the rim, man, he's gobbling it up. He's getting rebounds. He looks like he put on about 30 pounds, and he's a big dude. He's 7'2". Yeah. And, so, I mean. And Quinterly, he didn't – they took him out and didn't put him back in. And they played great. So, and, I think he might lose well, some that's what time. He had like four turnovers in just a few minutes, and he was only like one of six shooting, so – I hate to say it, but it is what it is. Like you, you need to probably come off the bench at this point. I don't know uh, how tall he is. He's like six one, six two. But you can't continually go into the lane at six one and get up in the air with nowhere to go with the ball. Well, it's because he hasn't he hasn't uh, he hasn't developed any other moves inside the paint. It's always like a one handed layup or something weird offhand. And it gets blocked now, so yeah. people know what he's going to do. Like, hey, you got to evolve, dude. Like, you need more moves inside the paint. Well, right there, but, late in the game Saturday, it was still what well, was up two or four, and got out on the the break or whatever. But two defenders came to one of the freshmen on the right side of the lane, and how he saw one of the other freshmen right there under the goal. For an assist yeah. and an easy, it. I don't know how he saw him. I really do they're playing, not. They're playing really fast. But it was it's, two uh, true freshmen that made this play that really yeah. put it to, to. I think it was a four point lead, but just not very long to go. And I thought, man, how did that guy know he was there? So vision. They're, they're well, just Josh. To your uh, to your point, Josh Quinterly. You know he stands in at six foot one, but like Uncle Bill had said, you have. You have several guys. You got seven foot, six ten, six five, six eight, uh, six foot nine, six foot nine, and these are guys that look to <coughs> look like they'll be having an impact. And just looking at this uh, this particular game, Alabama comes into this uh, this contest against Memphis eight and one. Uh, they're on a three game winning streak. They've won four games at home, two games on the road, and at neutral sites they're two and one. Which uh, you know that that uh, that one loss that they had. They're a good so, coach team, man. Uh, yeah. Who is that? Penny Hardaway? Yeah. Or Stackhouse. It's it's Hardaway, ain't it? Hardaway. Yeah. And Larry Brown mm-hmm. just stepped down as – he was something with the basketball operation. He, he stepped away because of his health. Hmm. At Memphis. I thought he already retired. He had, but, you know, Penny created a position sort of like Coach Saban does. <laughs> yeah, 
an analyst <laughs> position? Advisor. So, I mean, if you you guys are the basketball ex- experts, that's why I'm just, you know, kind of stepping back and letting you kind of run this particular discussion. Um, we it, Let's say we have a hard-fought game against Memphis. You know, like Josh said, we, we go from Memphis and then we play Gonzaga. But uh, if if we can win this game, Alabama comes in at nine and one to play Gonzaga, and then the next several games after that, you got Gonzaga, Jackson State, and then then they play uh, they get into SEC play where they'll play Mississippi State, Ole Miss, gonna play Kentucky, uh, Arkansas, LSU, Vandy. Every game's a grind in the SEC now. Every game, the the league is so deep. Uh, yeah. I mean, Mississippi State's in the top ten this year. Uh, this week, I'm uh, I'm vying for the opportunity um, to go to that March 4th game in at Texas A&M and root on the Crimson Tide. The game I truly wanted to go to, uh, we're not going to be available for because uh, Josh is going to be moving. But that's that gate that game just a couple hours uh, north of me, up in Norman, Oklahoma, as Alabama takes on the Sooners. So that would be an epic game to go and watch, but fortunately we'll have uh, plenty more opportunities since they're joining the uh, SEC. Hey, Uncle Bill, do you see yeah. the, do you, do you see where uh, the only team we lost to is ranked? UConn. Yeah, they're number three, 11 and 0. What are we now? I think we're nine and one. No. We're eight and one. Not, we're number four. Number four. I don't. I don't know if that might be our highest ranking ever in our. No, program. no, 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 no. They got. They were number one. Um. When Erwin Dudley and them played. What? Yeah. I thought they were like at the top twelve or something. No. Do you think and check? Erwin Dudley played at Alabama. I know who that is. Let's see, uh, Alabama. Um, didn't last long, though. <laughs> Let's see. Huh. Well, as as Josh is checking that out, we will uh, we will look to close this show out. Um, you know, up to date, there are no. There's no further uh, information that's come out about Coach Mike Leach, so you know we'll have to uh, we'll have to put that particular conversation um, on the I table found for it. another day. All right, Josh, what do you got? Uh, it was under Mark Gottfried, and uh, let's see, under Gottfried, it was number one briefly in 2003. And competed for a regional tournament championship in 2004. Is that when we had Ernest Shelton and all them? Because mm. that's when them and UAB went at the same time, and they went on a big run. Yeah, I don't know who I, I can't. I just remember Erwin Dudley played with them. What is old Ernest Shelton up to? That's a Alabama was good when Godfrey and them played under Wimp. Wimp Sanders. Well, with that, um, you know, yes, next week he was on there that year. That's the year we went. Who next? Two thousand four. Ernest Shelton. All right, what All right, you I got? Gotta, I, 
I got to land this plane, boys. All right. Um, land the plane. Land the plane. With, with that being said, I think uh, great hey, discussion. Hey, Quincy, tonight. land the plane. Land the plane. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Great discussion tonight about, uh, you know, just some things that have happened in sports history relative to uh, Kobe as we root for Coach Mike Leach to uh, to pull through. Our thoughts and our prayers are definitely uh, with him and his family. And uh, if you're one of those people that uh, say there's nothing to thoughts and prayers, you can shut your stinking mouth. Um, we talked about the football preview for K-State and Alabama and how closely aligned these two particular teams are when it comes to production. Um, we talked about Alabama basketball and their ability to beat number one teams and what might happen for this particular team if they take down Memphis, then they go play Gonzaga. They could run the gauntlet. Um, and then they play other teams. They're going to just win all the rest of the games. <laughs> we, and that is Josh's uh, high-profile high educated assessment of Alabama. They're going to play a lot of teams. They're going to win all the games. I then, we're gonna win, then we're going to win the SEC tournament, and then we're going to uh, go 6-0 and win the championship. We're going to go like 33-1 and this year. Thirty-three and one. You heard it here first with Josh. Any closing thoughts, Uncle Bill, as we shut down the BS podcast? Just we got to wait and see what our football team, what what, who we gonna have on our football team. Let me rephrase that for the yeah. end of state game. We got to keep the basketball team rolling. Shout uh, out to the women's right. soccer team. They made it to the semifinals of the NCAA tournament. First time ever. Roll Tide, Lady, uh, they lady beat, Tide. They got beat by UCLA. Oh, just let us down that quick. Oh, yeah, hey, I, oh no. I, I hate losing to the Pac-12, especially UCLA. I hate it. Yeah, but they're one of them teams that's always in the Final Four. This is the first time Alabama's ever made it. So, hey, I got a real quick I got a real quick question. That, that, yeah. You all know that quarterback at TCU. Did y'all watch that game where he lost? Yes. You see how he was like all winded and stuff. Winded like, because he was and his face was purple and he was all like, "Oh yeah, the Kansas State." Out of breath. Yeah. So, how do you think he's gonna beat Michigan if Kansas State makes him winded? Like, is he gonna turn into like a Dragon's Ball Z character? Well, or it, what? Because well, he looked he looked like he was about to die. Honestly, he tried like, to be the superhero like he was against Kansas State. No. It'd be worse. I honestly don't know what Michigan's gonna do, but uh, I don't know. I just, I honestly now I just want Bama to slaughter, and then I want TCU and Ohio State just to get their butt whipped. All right, land the plane. I'm out, dude. I'm not. There's no way I'm gonna. I'm not. Uh, I'm not gonna talk smack about Max, even even in that loss to K State. What's his name? Max. What? Dugan. Max Dugan. Max Dugan, for the love of Max Dugan. By the beard of Max Dugan. By the beard of Max McGloin. <laughs> I'm not counting the guy dude. out. I mean, I, I don't know that they're going to beat Michigan, but uh, that guy took his entire team on his back and ran Anybody with that yeah. pale of skin ain't winning no championship. Hey, I have one uh, question for you. Oh, hey, never mind. Greg McElroy. Sorry. No, I have one question. Are y'all going to be together on the 31st watching these ball Depends games? On, I'm, yeah, I'm probably. Sure. Yeah. I don't know about all three of them. That's not going to I was going to say, 
You're y'all's poor wives. <laughs> oh, nah, we'll probably watch the Bama game together, maybe one, and then we'll probably head out. Who plays first, Georgia I or? I ain't staying nowhere for nine hours. You stay who, at your house for nine hours. Who plays the first semifinal game? I think it's uh, hang on, I'll look. Y'all, y'all talk amongst yourselves. I'm uh, I'm excited to see what happens with this Georgia game. But what, it, Uncle Bill? Since we're talking about this, hi, Lexi. Um, what matchup do you want to see in the final? Who do you want it to be? Georgia, Michigan. Georgia, Michigan. Is it such a weird situation where it could be Michigan versus Ohio State <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the championship? I'm not saying it's going to happen. It's just the potential's there. Yeah, I mean, it, you're talking about a low Raider viewing rate of people watching. If that was the finals, they yeah. wouldn't be a very high rating. So, guys, we got uh, number two, Michigan, number three, TCU at 3 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. And then we got the Georgia versus Ohio State, number one and four, 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. So, you'll probably have to catch some of that on ESPN News uh, until the other one's over. They double well, here's book. what we'll do. Uh, next week's show, um, I don't know if our saving correspondent will be available, but we'll talk a little bit more about Kansas State. And then we'll kind of give our preview of what we think will happen in these playoff games and who we think our matchups will be. So we'll do that on uh, on next week's show. But until then, real quick, this is Josh Moran with the last note. <laughs> nice. Uh, maybe we'll be able to talk about uh, another two and zero week uh, or two and zero week for Bama basketball, climbing yeah. into the top two, maybe. Yeah, I'll have to count on you to come with the uh, the stats and facts. Uh, come prepared. Plus, about we should have a Josh. we should have a good understanding of our signing class for Wednesday by Monday. There we go. So that's uh, I'll make a note. We'll talk about. Uh, it doesn't matter till Bill O'Brien's gone. We're gonna suck. Uh, matchups. Well, he was the coordinator yeah. last year. We sucked in too. What Bryce yeah. won a Heisman? Oh wait, he what? Oh, you know what? You got a good point there. What happened? <laughs> we lost Jameson and Mitchie. <laughs> lack of player development. Uh, Brian Robinson. Of, we didn't have nobody to pitch of, ball. <laughs> extreme lack of discipline and extreme lack of player development. It caught up to us. Yep. That's that's where we're at, right? It caught yep. up to us. Um, <sighs> and, I mean, the, the, the scheme defensively just didn't hold it. So, we'll, we'll have to see what happens. But I got something you can hold. <laughs> Roll Tide. I'm out. All right, fellas. <laughs> Roll. I'm Quincy Moran. He's Josh Moran. He's Wild Bill. And this is the BS Podcast. Roll Tide, everybody. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Roll.